This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post-game podcast. Yes, it is podcast time. Uh, Jerry Recco was out today. I did the warm-up show with CeeLo, but the podcast, that belongs to Mr. Eddie Scazzeri. Good morning, Eddie, or afternoon, wherever people are hearing this. Hello, podcast people. Hello, podcast people. I've been wanting to talk to you about this and uh, hope that you could shed some light on uh, my dog situation since I consider you my local dog whisperer, like a Cesar Milan type. You've... You've uh, trained dogs for the Seeing Eye organizations. You've trained dogs for your own home. Yes, I correct. Have. Mm-hmm. You have. Mm-hmm. So uh, my dog, uh, as you as we've discussed on the radio, uh, for whatever reason, I guess a, a beach town with seagulls and uh, other animals like a raccoon and these sorts of things. I'm finding, uh, or the dog is finding on our walks, she's finding uh, bones. She's finding chicken wing bones, chicken leg bones. They're very dangerous. Spare rib bones. And they're picked clean, so my guess is that either people discarded them and seagulls got them, or seagulls got them from a garbage and dropped them, whatever it is. They're all over the, the town. Right. They're just everywhere. And I'm very vigilant when I walk. And still, you know, dogs, as you know, Eddie, smell things before we can see them. Yes. And she finds them under leaves. She finds them in the gutters. She finds them where she will find a bone at any time. It's yeah. a big bone girl. Yeah, I mean, one of my dogs is a big poop eater. And rabbit ah. poop, deer poop, dog poop, <laughs> seagull poop, geese poop, any poop. Yeah, we had a lot of geese around here, so I I, I was very fortunate of that part because I had heard that about dogs. Yes. They'll sometimes eat them. Uh, what do you do to, to, to try to prevent that? Well, you just uh, be vigilant about, like, um, most of the times our, our dogs will go in our own backyard. You know, they'll yeah. go on walks, too. But um, so you just have to be vigilant as soon as they go, pick it up, which is a great thing for just, you know, cleanliness of the yard and hygiene sure. and all that. Um, just to, because we know if we don't, she's going to find it and she's going to eat it. Oh, she'll eat it there, uh, the other dog poo as well. Oh, yeah. Oof. And she, my goodness. And she respects me more mm-hmm. than she respects my wife because there'll be times when the wife is out there and she'll squat to poop 
And if my wife isn't watching like a hawk, she'll like turn around immediately and eat her own poop as soon oh as my she God. does. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> oh my as, God. But with me, uh, she just, she knows not to try because she fears me, I guess, more. Yeah. Uh, she just respects me a little more just in the pecking order. Why and, is that? Do you think? Because um, you're not. You're not a. Because this is what I wonder. Because people say that when uh, about my dog, like, oh, well, the dog doesn't respect you if it's doing certain behaviors. Mm-hmm. B- b- you don't come across to me as a guy who would yell mean at your dog. You wouldn't hit your dog. So, no. what is it about you that makes you more of the boss to your dog? Okay. Well, uh, it's a size thing. You know, they are animals. So it's, okay. you know, it's a basic, you know, I'm bigger than my wife, about a foot taller and much heavier. And mm-hmm. it's the timber of the voice also, which sort of, I can get lower and louder than my wife. And when I do, you know, reprimand them or, or try to prevent them from doing things, I'll have a, a, a thing I say or thing I do that will, they know, okay, he's serious. Don't do this. This is a bad thing. Dad's not happy if I do this. So they just respect me a little more. But it's really a size thing, and it's a timber, a, a pitch of the voice, a lower voice, more commanding. You know, these are animals, so they respond yeah. to those sort of basic things. Do your other dogs look at a dog that's eating poop, and they're like, what are you doing, dude? Uh, you know, I don't think they really get that deep into to it. Not, but right. they They're just know that, hey, someone's doing something bad. So you just try to stay on top of it as best you can. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's you can't watch them 100% of the time and it's going to happen. Right. So he, my thing has, has started progressing and it's getting worse. Okay. So I want to know how I can put an end to this. Now, this dog lived uh, four years on a, on a track. Yes. A good dog racing track, Greyhound. So she's used to, she's adjusting to her new life. And they've told me it sometimes takes a year for the dogs to fully feel like they're in, they've found their new home. Mm-hmm. So I take her out on these walks and she would uh, occasionally find these bones. And when she first did it, when she first found the bone on a walk, and she'd never even really been on walks before on the track they go out to this little area to go to the bathroom they eat they go back into their pens so she's really starting to enjoy the walks and this sort of thing smelling everything and so she would find these let's say a spare rib bone and i she would have it in her mouth and i and you know part of it would be sticking out and i'd be able to get it out of her mouth Mm -hmm. whether it was she would let me pry her mouth open a little bit right she would let me wiggle it out. She would freeze. She'd stand there and just be frozen while I was doing it. Then she started to lightly growl when I would do it. Mm-hmm. Okay, but she still let me do it. Then on the day she caught the, uh, she found a dead squirrel's tail, only the tail. So a real good prize this time. A real good prize that had been out there for oh, quite a while. And she got it in her mouth and the furry part of the tail was sticking out, so I thought, I have to pull this out. If I have to, like, I don't want to touch a dead squirrel's tail. Of course not. But I don't have to do it. So she, when I did that, she she growled mean. Like, and really, I, hey, I she want was like, this. Yeah, we're like, and then she bark lunged at me, to which I backed up, of course, because I, in my own instincts. Right. She went at me. And then she she crunched the whole tail up and swallowed it. Okay, now re, when when this lunge bark 
growl thing happened, yeah. were you holding the tail? Yes. Okay. So it, I don't think it necessarily would her be being trying to bite you. It could be that she was, you had the part of the tail and right. you were trying to get it out. And so right. it was maybe her trying to readjust her grip on the tail and not yes. necessarily trying to bite you. Correct. Now, fast forward only a couple days later to yesterday mm-hmm. or two days ago, two days ago, three o'clock in the morning, <clears throat> go out there. She finds a, uh, a spare rib bone. Okay. Okay. It has got no meat on it, but it's, you know, it's a spare rib bone. Sure. So I see her. She's got it. She's gets this. And both times with the squirrel and with this other thing, she gets this possessed look in her mm-hmm. eyes. Like she's possessed. I am an animal right now. Yes. So she doesn't have a great grip on it. And I think, you know what? I'm not going to try to pull it out of her mouth. She's going to have to readjust. And when she readjusts, I'll pull her away. She went to readjust and she dropped the bone. Mm-hmm. To which I pulled her. Not hard, but I pulled her. I, I was planning it. So I was like, okay, as soon as she drops the bone, I'm going to pull her away. She dropped the bone. I pulled her away. She turned around and bit my leg. Okay. How now, about that? Like your your jeans? Yeah, my jeans. She didn't. She didn't. Uh, she didn't latch onto me. She uh, bit like at my knee. Nip. More of a nip. Nip. More okay. of a nip. But it was it went yeah. so fast. Right. Yeah. And then, okay. And well, she was possessed again. Yep. So she is. She is. She wants to do this thing, and she's trying to assert her dominance. Right. Over. I don't you. want her dominating me. Right. And that little I'm nip. Losing. I've seen that. Like countless times when when uh, one of my younger male dogs tries to get fresh with the older female dog, she'll do that thing. She'll turn and she'll nip at their side real quick. Right. And so that's what that is. It's like, hey, back off. This is this is mine. So this is my bone. Yeah. So you have to sort of really try to correct that behavior by yeah. Now, in terms of uh, like not to beat the dog for sure, but what I do. To sort of emphasize, I will just take my two fingers and lightly tap their snout as I'm mm-hmm. making that eh! sound. You know that right. don't do that, and so you're not no and no way hurting the dog at all. You're just tapping their nose. But dogs okay. don't don't. That's why those gentle leaders. If you ever see the thing, oh yeah, the one that wrap around the nose. Correct. They don't like pressure on the nose. So that is a big like it's a it's a good discouragement without doing any harm to the dog at all hmm. you just sort of you know and you follow it up with a you know and just snap just tap them on the nose with like yeah. two fingers and that can work a lot and they know that you do not approve of that behavior and it's a way for you to be dominant over them because that's what a, a mother dog will do oftentimes you know before, yeah. before the dog gets too big and then they have to do the sort of nipping at the side um you know they'll just put their paw on the other on the other little puppy's nose and say no no this is not how we do things yeah and i can also remember i i, I recommend i don't know when you're walking her how much lead you're giving her right i always tell the wife if they're being you know if she's having again because she has more of a first of all she's not as strong as i am and my dogs can be fairly bullish and strong um if uh, if you're giving them too much lead, first of all, they can get more momentum as they're trying to get to what they want to get to, mm-hmm. and you know, and they can also then you know sort of be 
further away from you so they can see things that you're not seeing or smell things, whatever. So just try to short leash them, if I, as I say. Yeah. And don't give them as much lead. I, I do this thing where I wrap it around their chest and sort of make a double leash over it so that I keep them closer for sure. And in a town like Bradley Beach, especially in the warmer weather, lots of people around, you'd want to do that anyway for people who are fearful of dogs and you just right. keep them as close to you as you can. Now, you also want to allow them to enjoy the sniffing because they're dogs and they love that. So, you know, if you... You know, you have you can make maybe make certain areas. You know, don't let her sniff all the time. But okay, when we get to this place, I'll let you sniff. And you know, you can sort of look before you let her give her a little more lead and and see that there's no poop or no chicken bones or anything like that. Used condoms, squirrel tails, bunny parts, any of that. I've seen all those things. I know you have. So, you know, that's one way to do it. To and then you are controlling again and you are dictating when the reward is and that also helps so i i was walking her on a on a harness mm-hmm. and i after this incident i switched to the regular uh for the greyhounds they wear those martingale collars yes, not a full choke not a full choke but they need them because their necks are so thin and they yes. slide right out correct so i thought okay well that gives because the other the other uh, the the harness was not giving me control of her neck so even when I, if I wanted to pull her away from something, her head could still be as low as she yep. wanted it to go. Mm-hmm. I did that, and I shortened the leash, like you said, and that seems to have helped. My, the only thing I was thinking of, like if in her escalation of this, like she, it was first when I was trying to take it out of her mouth, then just when she dropped it and I pulled her away. So I'm curious what her reaction will be now if we're walking. And she sees a bone that I that she doesn't get to, so she doesn't ever have it in her mouth. Is she going to be? I want to see her reaction to me if I pull her away from a bone she she sees but didn't have in her mouth. Yeah, well, I I would doubt she would turn and nip, but you know, you never know. She's she's obviously pushing it, and it, yeah, she you is know, pushing it. Yeah, she's she's pushing the envelope, see what she can sure get away is. with, and that's what. <laughs> That's what animals I'll put do. her in a headlock. <laughs> yeah, that's that's just what they're following their nature. They're, they, they're gonna do. And by the way, people are the same way. We'll, we True. we try to get away with whatever as much as we can get away with. That's why I didn't have children. Legitimately, exactly. Like, I wouldn't know how to control a child. I can't control a dog. Right, and also people look at you like you know you know you reprimand a dog. It's one thing. You start screaming at your kid in public. <laughs> it's a different story. <laughs> Yeah, one of the uh, I I reached out to the Greyhound group and uh, their suggestion is a good one. But she said, uh, you know, these dogs they were always used to wear the um, uh, what's the cage over their face? A muzzle. A muzzle. Mm-hmm. And they 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 give you a muzzle when you get your dog. And they say, well, you can walk her with the muzzle because then she won't be able to pick anything up. Mm-hmm. But I just know when you if you are not aware of muzzles and you see a dog with a muzzle, you're going to think this isn't a, this dog is wants to lunge and attack people. So this guy's got this dog muzzled. Right. Exactly. So I'm not sure I want to uh, put out that vibe yet. Yeah. So I'm trying this one first. Yeah. You know, you can just, you know, it, it's, it's, it comes down to, you have to be more stubborn than them. Yeah. You know, and you, you know, we joke that you don't have a lot going on and not a lot to do. Well, think about the dog. You know, right? 
they really don't completely have, bored. Yes. So you know, this is it. This is their hey, we're going out. I get to maybe eat something and whatever. And <laughs> right, know. she probably thinks she's. I was looking it up online. It's called scavenging. Yes. Like she's she's a scavenger hunter. Like she gets excited because hey, maybe I'll find a a bone out there. Yeah. Right. And and you know that like most dogs. Well, I don't know about most, but there are many, many breeds of dogs who, you know, will, if you put an open bag of food uh, down, they will eat until their stomach explodes and they start vomiting. Now, there's other dogs who are actually finicky eaters and aren't like that, but, you know, dogs are, you know, again, animals. They're opportunists. They don't know when the next meal is coming, going back right. to how they evolved and they used to have to hunt and scavenge uh, for stuff. So, you know, they just don't know. Uh, when the next meal. So it's all natural behavior. So what do you think the difference is for the dog? Because in the house, she will occasionally, and very rarely, she will occasionally go up to the table and slowly look like she's, you know, she starts smelling the food slowly. And I just go, "Eh, eh, eh." she goes, turns right away and leaves. Right. Why is that different than a bone on the street. Well, because first of all, you know, it's your house, your place, right. your meal. I'm a your, man here. Your bowl, so to my speak. My bowl. You know, so there's a respect there. So she knows that's my bowl, but the bone is free wheel. Uh, hey, yeah, fair game, man. <laughs> so, and and it's like, you know, she may think, hey, he wants the bone. But, you know, they, uh, <laughs> hey, they're dog, they're animals. Hey, this guy wants my squirrel tail hey. that I randomly found. <laughs> right. So... You know, he wants to wear it as a hat. So, yeah, you just have to, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a very slow, deliberate process. And you have to be more stubborn than they are, which is hard because dogs are very stubborn and they don't have a lot going on, not a lot to think about. And, you know, the things that they do focus on, you know, you got to be firm. Easier easier said than done because you don't want to, you know, kill the dog's joy or anything like that. But... You know, it's uh, they can't be eating chicken bones, especially the the rib bones. Not as bad for them, but cooked chicken bones. Yeah, you know, you know, you've read about it. They can yeah, splinter sure. and kill a dog. Yeah, what's weird is the is the how possessed she looks, mm-hmm. and then the minute she crunches the bone and swallows it, sweet as can be again. Yeah, of course, it's over. You know, hey, you know, <laughs> on to the next thing. You know, they don't hold on to stuff. You know, usually. Uh, yeah, most, uh, most yeah, it, it it is. But you know, you have to be, <laughs> you know. And I, I I get what you you know you're feeling about putting the muzzle because that sends a message. But yeah, you know, for uh, my little Raymond who is one third or whatever thirty seven percent pit bull. Yeah, I had to go. Like I have my my much older lab and my middle aged, uh, if you will, lab. They're on Martin uh, Martin Gales. Because they're fine, they're they're not as you know, um, I guess headstrong in ways. Yeah. Uh, they're just a different breed. Um, so I had they the younger one used to be on a choke, and then I put him to a martingale because he's older and he's fine. But Raymond started with a martingale, went to a regular choke, and then I had to go to a prong choke because he is so effing strong, uh, and he just he's a little bull. And he, you know, so I had to go to the prong choke, which, and, you know, people look, it's like, oh, my God, they see a collar like that on it. It looks like a chain, right? Yeah. It's like, it's it's a choke collar, but with prongs going in. So when it constricts, (laughs) it not just, doesn't just constrict, it's driving prongs into their neck. Now, dog necks 
most breeds, very thick, very strong. Think about how a dog kills its prey. It takes it and it just shakes it. So those neck muscles are really strong. So you'd really have to try to hurt the dog by tightening a choke collar, even a okay. prong one. But I had to go to the prong because I needed control of him because he's wow. still... And did you notice a difference? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. it gives you a lot more control because uh, they just, you know, it, it it's uncomfortable for them. And uh, it doesn't, like, constrict the airflow like a regular choke, but even the regular choke collar, really, with most dogs, their necks are so thick and strong, you're not going to really choke them to death unless you pick them up by it like, in, you know, an idiot. But, yeah, um, yeah you got to, it's, uh, it's a hard thing, and you have to, again, be more stubborn and be vigilant, and it'll pay off in the end uh, for you. One, uh, a couple of the people on these uh, Greyhound Facebook groups that I belong to, and I had to put some things out there, they said, oh, you should bring a, a treat and trade the treat for the squirrel tail. No. Yeah, that, no chance. No. That is not working. <laughs> yeah, that's well, that's the loser's way out. It's like the kid who misbehaves. Well, how, all right, I'll give him a cookie or, or let him do this so he doesn't do that, you know. Well, not only that, she's not going to trade me a squirrel's tail. Oh, for a milk bone? No shot. No, no, no shot. No, that's a loser's trade. I'd have to bring a live squirrel with me. Right, exactly. In order to do a trade for her mm-hmm. in that thing. And also, you don't want to get into that habit. Right. Now you're rewarding the behavior. Correct. You're rewarding the bad people. Even I know that. Mm -hmm. All right, Eddie, I appreciate that. That's a big help for me. Yes. Uh, Now, a a strange story that's come out uh, this week, or was the end of last week, was in Utah, in the middle of the Utah desert. The monolith. Was a monolith, Mm -hmm. which I... I don't even know what a monolith is. It looked like a big piece of metal sticking in the ground in the middle of nowhere. Yes, and they're they're uh, they called it that probably on purpose because you know monoliths are a thing, you know uh, structures or whatever. But the in two thousand one, a space odyssey, they when they the beginning of the movie, the caveman, they find the monolith and then oh, is that right? I didn't see that. Yeah, uh, and that's terrible. It's a classic and. Uh, then at the end, there's a monolith on the moon and blah, blah, blah. So that's w- one reason they called it that specifically instead of just a metal structure is to harken back to 2001 and get people thinking that it could be aliens who left that for us. So in 2001, an alien put it there. Yes. So there was thoughts for some people that yes. the aliens put this monolith in Utah. Correct. And then removed it. Then it disappeared. Right. But, you know, the, the giveaway, maybe it wasn't aliens, is that the whoever put it there, like, tr- drilled holes and bolted it to the rock. Oh, they and, did? Yeah, yeah. that was in <laughs> one of the stories. And because that was uh, a story right before it disappeared was that the parks, the um, BLM, Bureau of Land Management, said, you know, hey, we're going to, if we find out who it is, they're going to get fined because they yeah. defaced or ruined or whatever BLM property you know, by drilling holes into this natural rock formation, blah, 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 blah. So I don't know if that's why the person who did it then went back and said, hey, let me get this out of here. I don't want to get fined. But they already had drilled um, and then mounted this thing where they where they put it. So Not only chance. that, I, I read that in the area where the monolith was, I guess once there was word that it was there, people went to see it. And yes. it's in the middle of nowhere. Correct. That there was human poop everywhere. Yeah, there was people who tried to find it and then people who did find it. And it's I don't think it's that far of a walk from the nearest 
uh, you know, BLM road, Forest Service road, whatever you want to call it. Now, these are I've been on these roads uh, and also out in Utah in that, you know, not that exact area, but in the Utah desert. Um, And yeah, they uh, so it's not a far walk from the nearest road, I think a mile maybe. Mm -hmm. But you have to drive a long way at slow speeds on unimproved roads in a four-wheel drive, high-clearance vehicle to get there and forget about doing it at night because there are dips and really big gouges and from runoff in these roads. So you really, you drive at night on one of those things, you're asking to break your axle yeah. you know, on those things. So, yeah, I I, I had uh, heard all, uh, all about the monolith. Then it is. Then it, as you said, it disappeared. Right, so the guy, mm-hmm. prob- whoever put it up, probably took it down because he didn't want to get in trouble. And now a monolith appeared in Romania. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. appearing everywhere, Eddie. Where would I even go buy a monolith? Yes, I, I, I guess uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if they have monoliths at, at Lowe's or or not. But probably the aliens probably don't have a Dewalt drill that they carry right. around that they bolt to, it to the rocks. I mean, if they're aliens and they're wanting, you know, they could just, you know. Put it in the rock and fuse it in there without any tools. What was the point of a monolith in 2001? Like, what were the aliens trying to prove by put by putting that in the ground? Well, it was the the, the first 25 or 27 minutes of of uh, 2001. It's just showing uh, sort of pre pre hominid uh, or pre Homo sapien hominids. Okay, as the as the species is evolving towards, you know, you us. love hominid talk. Yes, um, they're showing like different groups of these uh, of these early hominids, uh, and one of them, one of, and they're you know they do their little fighting with the clans back and forth, and you know for possessions or land or food, whatever it is, and then one of them comes across the monolith and touches it, and then the next time. They encounter their rivals. The one who had touched it picks up a bone as a tool, as a club, and is able to then kill and dominate and the other group who had not touched the model. So the idea is that it imparted intelligence hmm. to this uh, early uh, hominid, and that sort of helped our development towards you know, being us. So in both post-game podcast stories the dog and the monolith is mm-hmm. about domination and trying uh, to dominate well yeah one another uh, species yeah i guess you could say that in a, in a way um but it was that's really the because you know by touching the monolith it led to like you know yes intelligence and tool usage but what did that lead to murder murders so, so yeah in a way so it's sort of a double-edged sword with mm. uh increased uh, intelligence comes right. the uh, capacity to kill and dominate which right. we uh still struggle uh, with to this day now when my dog snapped at me the other day i didn't talk to her for like a day do you think she knew i wasn't talking to her or no um like i tried to give her the cold shoulder a couple times well yeah they see their memory is not that's why usually like if you come home you know sometimes depending on the the level of like you know if your whole couch pillows are just rendered open and there's fluff and stuffing all over the place yeah and then you look at them and they'll they'll know but a lot for something more immediate like that if they just you know eat a you know grab a a poop you can't yell at them 20 minutes later they're gonna have no idea what's going 
going on. Right. Now, if the evidence, the chewed shoe or the the pillow or whatever is all around, then you can kind of show them and they'll kind of hang their head and you can kind of tell that they know. Um, but most of the corrections has to be immediate or they really don't retain it. And then you yell at them later on. They're like, well, what's wrong with this douche? Why is he giving me the cold shoulder? What, what is up? You know? So that oh, so one more question about that. Yes. Both now she's eaten uh, recently going backwards. She had the the spare rib bone mm-hmm. ate it, squirrel tail ate it, piece of a dead bunny rabbit ate it. Yeah. All three times she got ill and couldn't. She didn't throw up or anything, but she didn't eat the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does she connect those things? No. <laughs> mm, no. I will say she's no. not connecting. Like I don't feel great because I just ate this squirrel's tail. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. <laughs> Sometimes we we give uh, animals too much credit. Yeah, like what, um, how we would feel. Correct. Like yeah. if I ate a squirrel's tail and didn't feel good the rest of the day, I'd be like, yeah. I'm not eating any more squirrel's tails. Yeah, they don't have a frontal lobe. You know, their well, their brains inside of a, a walnut. You know, it's uh, yeah. You 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 give them really too much credit. Now listen, there we really they, do. They, we yeah. give dogs a lot of credit. We anthropomorphize is the word. You know, yeah. we give human characteristics and and thoughts and emotions to animals. Now, they dogs obviously have been with man for 20,000 years at least. Yes. And they're very, you know, we're sort of uh, codependent and and uh, there's a lot of communication between us, but there's a limit to what they can think about. Yeah. And they and they think the same of us. Like like you said, she thought I was interested in the squirrel tail myself. Correct, because that's what another dog would. And you She's are like, this mf'er wants the squirrel's yeah. tail too. Right? Damn it! <laughs> Why does a pack leader get everything every time? <laughs> and you are her pack leader, so yeah. I hope so, because yeah. people are telling me she doesn't see me as pack leader if she's snapping at me. Well, d- 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 mm. yeah, it depends. Yeah, but yeah. you have to correct that behavior. You're right. You know, she 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 didn't lunge at you and then and keep going. You know, she just tried it and she's pushing. She's pushing. She backed me off and then right. she got her right. reward. And she's just seeing how much she can push oh. you. Gonna teach her a lesson on this next walk. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm gonna but throw also, I'm gonna fight. I'm gonna wrestle her for a turkey neck. Right, and like a lot of times when we're trying to correct behavior on a walk, we'll say, you know, especially with the pups with the seeing eye, as soon as we correct, say no, then we say we ask them to do something like sit, uh, and then we tell them they're a good dog, you know. Mm-hmm. So you 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 correct and sort of discipline, and then ask them to do something, and then praise them. Got it. So they associate doing what you want with good dog and Mm -hmm. what you don't want with a little tap on the nose and bad dog. Yeah, I did that like when uh, when I first got her, when she would go to the bathroom outside. I praise her up. She loved it. Yeah. I still still do that. Yeah, I do too. I'll still be like, who's a good girl? You peed outside. I rub her back. Right. All right. Well, I'm going to go take her out now, Eddie. All right. Uh, we will see you tomorrow. Uh, no Jerry again tomorrow, so I'll see the warm-up, which is coming up next. We'll do that again tomorrow. Then you and I on the pod again tomorrow. Alrighty then. All right. We'll see you tomorrow. Ready for your see you, Eddie. See you. See you. See you.
What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And Jerry, no guests, no calls, nope. and no real content. I wouldn't say no real content. Oh, hi there. If I'm the one leading this conversation, opening this segment, that means Jerry Recco is off today, and Mr. Christopher Lopresti joins me. We call him CeeLo. Hello, CeeLo. Good morning, Al. Thank you for using my uh, full legal proper name. Yes. I appreciate that. Great Chris- way to start the morning. What is your middle name? Do you have a middle my name? My middle name is Edward. Edward, oh. After my uh, maternal grandfather. Mm, all mm-hmm. right. Maternal meaning your mother's your mother's father. That's correct. Nicely done. Nailed it. Yes. Mine is uh, Michael after my both of my parents' fathers, also named Michael. Despite what Jerry would have you believe each morning when you right. guys normally begin this a, program. He gives me a Fugazi middle name, yeah, like Aloysius or... Jackson or something. <laughs> CeeLo, it's December 1st. Happy I December, saw that, I just saw that on my calendar, which means uh, time to do holiday shopping. For me, it's either, you know, normally I don't even think about it before Thanksgiving. But once Thanksgiving hits, and then Thanksgiving was late this year, so we go from Thanksgiving right into December 1st. Dude, Christmas is three weeks from Friday. It's three weeks from this coming Friday? Yeah, right? Because today's the 1st. So that yeah. means Friday will be what the fair fourth, point. Fourth? Yeah. Well, all you got to do weeks. is by seven days times seven. Remember your seven multiplication table. So next week will be uh, the eighth, then the fifteenth, and blah, blah, blah. yeah, it's yep. quick. It's quick. It goes very quick, Late and you got to give you got to give yourself extra time because the coronavirus. All the places that ship things out are not fully staffed. All of the places that you get things from uh, will will be delayed. I already had so shipments. Get on it. Had shipments delayed, you know, leading into Thanksgiving. Just regular shipments. Amazon orders that were running a couple oh, yeah. days late. So just Amazon's given up. It's going to be rest of the month. They've given up on that whole uh, uh, Amazon Prime seed in a day or two days. They've given for up. a lot of things. Well, I just feel like they they they're using coronavirus as oh it's coronavirus. We'll oh. get it there when we get it there. It's still free shipping, but. We can't really guarantee the next day or whatever. And then other things come hours after you order them somehow, right. you'll wait which I don't understand. And you'll get it when we say, and you'll be happy with that. Deal but with how it. do they get you stuff? When, like like right now, if I was like, hmm, you know what? I need a cable for my computer, and I go on Amazon. Some days it's like hours later. It's on my doorstep. It's the same as if something's in stock at a store mm-hmm. or not, right? They have they it have right these, there. And they, they have these hubs nearby, and if they have hubs. a particular item in stock... They throw it in the truck, and they have they, one of their many delivery people come out to your house and drop it off. Yeah. I see them now. They're in official Amazon vans and That's everything. right. The little vans, yep. Well, yeah. not so little, but not, not I get a full-size delivery truck, yes. I get excited when I see the Amazon van. I like when I'll, you know, I'll be coming back from wherever, from work, or I'm driving back into my development where I live, and there's like multiple Amazon vans yeah. in the development at the same time. It's right. Like, they couldn't figure out, yeah, let's exactly. get all these packages to this one van driver. Right. Yeah, exactly. Do you think if you had to choose, would you rather be, I'll give you a couple of choices. They all involve driving and delivering. Would you rather deliver Amazon packages or 
uh, food delivery for like a Grubhub or a DoorDash situation. Oh, Amazon, a hundred percent. Oh, big and time. I, ju- I just, I just said the word, and my one of my listening devices upstairs just went off. <laughs> that's not, I cool. can't say which device it is. Yeah, It'll go off again. Yes, that's that's yeah. impressive range, up there. actually. So you'd rather do the packages? Oh yeah, I don't Me need too. the. I don't want to be spilling the food and drink nope. all over my car. I don't want the smell in there. Ugh. So definitely the Amazon. I've actually considered. You know, maybe I should drop out of radio and get a job at Amazon. They seem to mm-hmm. be doing well. They and, seem to uh, be doing all right for themselves. Not so much at times here in this business. So right. Maybe I should consider a new career. Or just maybe make some deliveries on your way into work one day. Oh, yeah. Say anything going into New York City, I'll take it with me. I'll tell you, it's. Uh, let me just add that to the plate because it's really easy getting in here these days. Let me tell you, Al. <laughs> and uh, how old a man are you, CeeLo? Let's get to know you for just a moment. I'll be 35 in about a month and a half. Oh, okay, 35. So I'm 51. So, uh, you know, they always say like men, as they get older, they uh, have to use the bathroom more often in the middle of the night. Yes. I don't like to flip the light on because then it will, you know, I feel like I can't get back to sleep as quickly. Yeah, this if is I've... a big thing. We've discussed this before. The fact yeah, that you try to thing do this in the dark in the middle of the yeah, night. Yeah, I, I try to do this really in the dark. but okay. And you would think it's an easy aim, but it is not because sometimes I'll start and then you don't hear water. Yeah. We're hitting the water. That's a problem. <laughs> you go, hmm, that's a problem. Yeah. So what I've started doing, I can only describe what it looks like as if like I'm the quarterback under center. Like I got my knees bent <laughs> <laughs> where I'm getting closer uh, to the bowl. Get a little more proximity there. Alan, a little more at, proximity. At this point, just sit down. Yeah. Yeah. What are we doing? I should and just sit down. a little nightlight in the bathroom. You'd be and okay. Yes, I could do that as well. And I'm with you. I do not turn on the lights either. My wife yeah, you can. just it, like, uh, yells at me. And about like once a month, I'll crash into something and wake her up anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good average. Is it yeah, that hard like, for you guys to go back to sleep? I've evidently I guess. Me, no, not at all. So I can why? fall asleep upon the instant. Well, he doesn't want to wake his wife up with the bright light. Right. Oh, I see. Okay. And for me, I don't want the dog to think it's time to go out. That too, also. I have three yeah. dogs. Yeah, yeah. But don't you have a door, Eddie, that you can close and then you flip the light on in the bathroom? Sure, yeah. But, you know, it's, uh, I just, you know, I actually do like, I, I, I keep it very dark all the time for whatever uh-huh. weird reason. I'm waiting for Eddie to say, I like the challenge of leaving yes. the light off and trying to yes. execute this process. Well, that's also true. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I feel like I should be calling out signals like, blue 42. <laughs> but it worked last night. I did the, the full on crouch. Quarterback crouch. God, that's disturbing. I was ready to go. CeeLo, you're a guy who covers NFL-related items, uh, various jobs you have. Uh, <laughs> Daniel Jones, is he officially out for this week, or they're still likely out? Well, you've decided on the top of your show sheet that you, I you did, should yeah. give Joe Judge a call today and let him know his starting quarterback is out for Sunday against Seattle. Because I am assuming it. <laughs> yes, the I would say the odds are strong. In fact, I believe the word yesterday was... While he avoided major injury, he has an outside chance of playing Sunday. Outside so chance. So not likely, but not ruled out yet, no. I made it declarative on the you did. the show sheet. Very, it says, yeah. a number, like, normally the show sheet goes in order. In the beginning, it's, like, most important things. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, it's, like, man can't urinate without getting in quarterback crou- crouching position <laughs> at the bottom. And my first thing on the sheet says Daniel Jones will not play this week versus Seattle. Yes. I've decided that. Definitive statement. I've decided that definitively he is not playing. You got Colt McCoy, so that's a loss, right? We can pencil that in. 
Uh, I would, yeah, I would. You would, would pencil that so. in, right? In fact, I put in a Seahawks wager uh, on Sunday night. Talcott before that line, sky, <laughs> before the Giants announced it's going to be Colt McCoy and that right. line skyrockets. Smart. I put down some money on the Seahawks. That was a smart move. Yeah. Yeah, because Colt McCoy's not beating the beating Seattle. I mean, who knows? Maybe it's a smart move, but the way these things I mean, look at last night, right? Seahawks were covering that game and you get the late Hail Mary touchdown, and it's one of yes. those bad beats that people talk about all the bad time. Bad beats. Right. And now Seattle's got to go back home on a short week, maybe a little bit of a letdown game. You got a backup quarterback coming in. Giant defense has played well. I could paint a picture for you where it's a close game. In Zach, that quarter. game is in MetLife uh, State in, in Seattle. In, in fact, the Seahawks will play consecutive home games against the Giants and the Jets the next two oh. weeks. How about, well, boy, they've got to be like, oh, good, we can relax for two that's weeks. That's what I mean, and that's where that all of a sudden let it down. becomes dangerous. Yeah. A letdown game. Yeah. And you'll have the Jamal Adams revenge game a week oh. from Sunday as the Jets go out to Seattle. And again, he, last night, and I'll play this for you guys Probably right out of the gate in the first update. Oh, he th- he's always running his mouth. Last night he's at the podium. You know, there's, there's always something negative with the Seattle Seahawks. I've come to learn that in the last few weeks since I've been. Who? Where is this negativity coming from with the Seahawks? Now, granted, I don't live out in Seattle. I don't know what they're saying on talk radio or in the papers out there in Seattle. But they're eight and three. Russell Wilson's their quarterback. Okay, yeah, the defense is maybe people have poked some holes at them. But can we just focus on the fact that they won the game and they're eight and three and not? But what is he? What I don't understand. He's constantly complaining and like looking for things to complain about. I just don't understand the thought process. You left. You got out of the situation with the Jets, right? You couldn't wait to get out of town. You were so happy to go to Seattle, and now there's already a problem there. What are we doing? I hope Sam Darnold picks on him all day long, CeeLo. I wouldn't count on that. <laughs> That'd be awesome, though. Imagine if he all he needs is one one-on-one deep bomb connection against Jamal Adams, and everyone will. The Jets fans would be happy. They don't even need a win. <laughs> they don't, don't want to win. <laughs> they don't want to win. <laughs> right. They want to lose by a point. Have Darnold play great. Have yes. Denzel Mims catch a bunch of passes, preferably Over Jamal one against Adams. Jamal Adams, right? And then and then lose in you know bitter fashion right at the end, and keep their O and whatever record going, and keep that number one pick in play. So I watched a very extensive highlight package uh, last or this morning on the Seahawks uh, game last night. Seahawks Eagles twenty three seventeen. The score made it closer than it really was. Exactly. You mentioned. A Hail Mary by Carson Wentz for a touchdown within, I think it was under 20 seconds or that, By the way, it's seconds. one of those jump balls that gets tipped, and then I, Richard Rodgers, I think it's he's, he's you know backup tight end, basically reaches out with one hand, palms the ball as he's <laughs> falling to the ground. Oh, look what I found, a touchdown. And then they went for two and yes. converted it. I mean, come on. They went for two and converted it. So 23-17 wasn't really that close. No. Uh, Wentz through the through a uh, pick in the end zone. Oh, that was so the bad. right the it was like the beginning of the fourth quarter. They were driving pick in the end zone where no one else was around except the Seattle player yeah, who picked I th- it, it off. It was a little deeper into the fourth. I mean, that it was. I thought I felt that that essentially that did it ended the game there. But that was just my opinion. Even the announcer goes like this. He goes up and there's the Wentz interception. Like <laughs> yeah. he was waiting for it all night. Yep. All he night was, long. It was a struggle again, man. He was, he was off target. He didn't look comfortable. He's getting sacked a bunch of times again. You know, you were waiting for Jalen hurts to come in and he did a few times here. And even that didn't really make a lot of sense. Gimmick the way they plays, handled though. that. Yeah. But like, so end of the first quarter, the clock's running. Wentz is on the field, right? And they don't run the play. The quarter runs out. They go to commercial they come back, start of the second quarter. Now Hertz is in there. 
He's in there for a couple plays, and then Wentz is back in. It, like, it didn't make any sense. I saw Wentz in the wide receiver position, like, trying to block dudes. It was kind of funny. Like, I, I could just imagine, you know, you're a Seattle cornerback. I'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> Shove him just, right to the ground. Probably just laughing at him, right? Punch him right in the face. And DK Metcalf, 177 yards receiving, CeeLo, 10 catches. He's a stud. And I didn't realize this. Like <laughs> he and and we'll we'll play this for you as well. Sounds that, like you have lots of audio. Oh well, I gotta sit through all of it. But yeah, okay. I guess um, what's his name? Uh, Schwartz, the Eagles' defensive coordinator. I'm blanking on his first name right now. He went up to Schwartz? Metcalf. Uh, Jim. Not Jeff. Jim. Thank Jim you. Schwartz. He was a J. Good job, Eddie. Jim Schwartz. So he went up to Metcalf before the game, and the way Schwartz tells the story is he paid him a compliment. You know, oh, I was mm-hmm. in Detroit with Megatron with Calvin Johnson. You're you know, like Megatron. You're, you're not quite there yet, but you're on your way. Oh. So, of course, Metcalf, after the game, was like, oh, I was playing with a chip on my shoulder. You know, I take it personal. This guy mentioned that I'm not I'm not Calvin Johnson. I'm not trying to be Calvin Johnson. I'm trying to be me. I mean, these guys will take the littlest thing. Yeah, and use it as motivation, as we learned from Michael Jordan in the last and uh, the last dance. That is true. Yeah. yeah, these guys, and you don't think they need the motivation, but right. they like it. That's they, what they like thrive on. Yeah, they like the extra motivation. So By why don't way, we do that with the Jets? Oh well. Well, again, like you said, we don't want any wins from now on, but next year. Yeah, great. Always about next year. By the way, that once interception was with 8.40 left, so still a good, good, good decent amount of time left there in the fourth quarter. Right, and if they punch it in there, whole different ball game. Right, and that was where you could make the case that they could have kicked the field goal to make it a one-possession game as well. But they decided to go for it on a fourth down, and it was basically nobody in the vicinity of that of that ball except for the Seattle defender. And I like what Seattle did. The first time they they got it within the five or ten yard line, they they on fourth down they they went for it. They went for it twice, I Love think, it. in the first quarter. But they both they had to call timeout before both plays because they weren't quite on the same page. And then I forget did they get stuffed on both of them? Definitely the first one. I forget if the second one they converted or not. But it was a little. Yeah. The first quarter was a rough watch on both sides. Yes. Just say that, and then all of a sudden, yeah. The Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf show took off, and, and that was pretty much it. All right, CeeLo. Let's go to a break here. When we return, let me scroll down my show sheet here. We can do a little uh, NFL schedule situation. We got some Steve Cohen stuff. You need a PhD to figure out the schedule mm-hmm. situation. That's right. We got some uh, Marshawn Lynch uh, doing shots before games. I've got some uh, fake boxing news. So we got all of that coming up, CeeLo. But let Eddie take it away here for a few moments back on the warm-up show in just a very short time. Before you even know it, it'll be back and we'll be back or something. Take it away, Eddie. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Al and Jerry, they suffered for their art. Now it's your turn. We certainly have suffered for our art. Jerry is out today. Where is Jerry? Uh, CeeLo joins me. Hi, CeeLo. Hi, yeah, I'm not really sure, actually. Oh. I don't think it's Rutgers related, but, you know. Scheduled day off, though. This is not a surprise. We didn't come in and go, where's Jerry? No. Uh, scheduled no. day off. But he These also has happen. a scheduled day off tomorrow, so he'll be stuck with me tomorrow as well. Oh, two days for you. That's All correct. right. 
That's and then great. I'll do the post-game podcast with Eddie Scizzeri. Yes, so make sure you, you can look forward to that. Al tweet somewhere around, I don't know, 9.15-ish, where he says, submit your questions for Eddie that I can ask him on the post-game podcast. Maybe. Maybe we'll do that tomorrow because I've got uh, – I also uh, use these Eddie podcasts for – Asking any dog-related questions I okay. have, being a new dog owner. Do you guys do obscure science stuff at all? Eddie's into that kind of thing. Uh, sometimes. Well. I do have a couple things that are ready for Eddie, so I'll not be needing the audience's questions oh, okay. uh, from Eddie for today, but maybe for tomorrow. I've got uh, some things about this monolith that I has been... I swear I was just going to ask you if that was, on the, <laughs> <laughs> that was on the list. Which I don't even 100% know what that is or what that means, but I, I feel like Eddie can break that down for uh, me in the post-game podcast, and i got some questions about the why did my dog bite me the other day so we've got a your dog bit you the other day uh, she did a little nip or like a serious bite she was serious did she break the skin she didn't break the skin oh, but she that was, doesn't that doesn't count she was serious yeah no i've been was, bit i've been i've had this i've needed stitches from a dog oh, so. oh no 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 this was uh okay. this was a uh this was a get away from me type of situation leave me alone leave okay. this bone sort of situation but i didn't talk to her for like a day and a half <laughs> We're just now. It's like when you have a fight with your wife sure. or girlfriend or husband, whatever you may have at uh, your home, and uh, <laughs> you don't speak for like a day and a half. It was like quiet in the house, dirty looks. I don't think I've ever done the day and a half thing. Really? No. Not really my style. I went to bed angry with the dog. With they, the they, dog. Tell, they tell you never to do that. Either. Yeah. I went upstairs. She stayed downstairs. We stayed out of each other's faces for a day. Man, day those, those walks must have been awkward. <laughs> they were awkward. Mm -hmm. Very awkward, but we're uh, over it. We're past it. I'm happy what, to hear that. That's what couples do. Interesting thing going on in Denver. So you know the situation with why the Broncos had no quarterback this uh, this past game against the Of course, the Saints. poor Kendall Hinton, thrown to the Wolves. Thrown to the Wolves, but fun. I mean, what a story that guy will have someday. As the great Bruce Springsteen sang, someday we'll look back on this and it will all seem funny. Da-da-da. Uh, he'll have, be able to tell his grandchildren, I played quarterback in the NFL one day. Completed one pass for 13 yards. <laughs> yeah, completed the pass. I got a, probably got a game ball out of it. Well, Vic Fangio, uh, the head coach out there who's uh, not to be messed with, says that the discipline for the quarterbacks is still on the table. Yeah, after he ripped them in the postgame. And after he so. yeah ripped them in the post game like so Vic Fangio was not did not appear to be angry at the NFL seemed to understand why the NFL didn't postpone that game yeah. didn't didn't move the game that sort of thing so discipline is still on the table then they bring in quarterback Kyle Schumer Shermer Shermer yeah Pat Shermer exactly Pat Shermer's son who and Pat Shermer is the offensive coordinator out there that's right so some familiarity there. Do you think they're going to run this guy out there at quarterback this week? I would hope that one of those that four guys awesome. that was on the COVID list would get themselves off of it by the time no, but I'm Sunday saying rolls around. To but. teach them a lesson. To teach who a lesson? The quarterbacks. Oh, I guess. I, you think, oh, I see what you're trying to connect yeah. the dots. You think that's, that's right. the discipline. I think the discipline is we'll get Kyle Shermer in yeah. here. He'll quarterback this week. That's uh, biting your nose off to spite your face a little as Whatever far as the means. rest of the team and the fan base goes, though, no? <laughs> I suppose We'll show so. you guys. <laughs> We're going to throw another game and give ourselves no chance to win. <laughs> Hope you learned your lesson. Let me see who they have this week. NFL week. Well, this is week 13. Yes, week 13. Mm, let's see if I can by the way, for those, uh, By the way, for those Oh, my ask, God, Al. Who do they got? They're at the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know what? 
Maybe it's the week to do it. They're not winning that game anyway. Might as well, anyway. right? By the way, that's the Sunday night game. That's right. Yeah, oh, that's brutal. God. <laughs> but 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 uh, Pat Shermer's not going to want to run his son out there against no. the Chiefs and get rolled 75 nothing. I would hope not, no. That might be one of those wow. emergency worst-case scenario situations. You know, like they were going to do use that offensive quality control coach until the yeah. NFL stepped in and said no. By the way, I love that that guy was the one running, the, taking the reps Saturday when all this went down. <laughs> they right. didn't even, poor Kendall Hinton, who was, I'm sure, there. He was on the practice squad. They didn't even think at that time, let's have him be the guy. I guess they felt so strongly that the NFL was going to let them sign their offensive quality control coach that they right. had him run practice. I mean, Vic Fangio said they literally had three hours to put together a plan to present to the team in their Saturday night meeting. Let's look at <laughs> some quick early spreads, Sila, looking at this schedule. Yes. Uh, even if you're not someone who bets games. I, I told you bet I bet a lot. the Seahawks on Sunday night. It, so it's just interesting to see what people think the spread in these games are. Yes. So so Jets are uh, seven and a half point underdogs against the Raiders. Who just got their butts kicked in Atlanta on Sunday. The Raiders. I think right, I read some of these other ones. It's like one of the largest mm-hmm. road spreads for the Raiders as a favorite in I don't know how long. Uh, just goes to show how bad how bad the Jets are and what people think of them. Not that that's a surprise. Chiefs Broncos right now. We don't know who's quarterbacking for the Broncos. It could be Kyle Shermer, Pat Shermer's son. They actually have a number on that game without. They knowing. do. Wow. Thirteen, uh, 13 and a half. Oh, I thought you were going to have me guess. Okay, no. you're just going to tell people. Got I was it. just going to tell them, and I don't see the Giants on the board yet because uh, the the Seahawks just played. A lot of times it's not yes, there yet. That and also the uncertainty of their, which is exactly why I put that Seattle bet in on Sunday night. Hmm. It was eight but, and a half, and I would assume by the time that game kicks off that it would be double digits. But I have it right here on my show sheet. Daniel Jones will not play this week versus Seattle. Right, yes. Al, breaking news here on the on the warm-up show. Who says you don't breaking news. give content to the people? Oh, and here's a big screw-up, CeeLo. Uh, Lions interim head coach, Daryl Bevel. Uh, you know, it doesn't have a lot of experience talking to reporters. Uh, was talking to reporters on a Zoom call this week, and... They were asking him about this week, and it was exciting for him because not only does he get to be a head coach, albeit in an interim status, but he revealed on the call that uh, he's got two daughters. Both of their boyfriends came to him and asked for their hand in marriage. Now, the problem is the boyfriends didn't ask the daughters yet, so he kind of ruined it that is on this a call. With That's a, that, I mean, you want to talk about... A sobering reality yeah. on what is supposed to be an exciting week for you. God, that's a punch to the gut right there. Yeah, because right the, the daughters are not going to be happy with that. But no. he was so excited. He's getting. He's happy that his daughters are marrying. I guess it seems like two wonderful men for the daughters, right? Mm-hmm. He would. He wouldn't be happy if they were marrying guys he wasn't approving of. He it wouldn't be a happy time. One of which apparently took a softball to the eye and was in the emergency room when he asked. Uh, Mr. Bevel for his daughter's hand in marriage. So Mr. Bevel went to visit this fella in the hospital when he took a softball to the eye. Yeah, he, he was said, getting stitched up in the ER. Really? That's right. And he said, may I have your daughter's hand in marriage? Yeah, some along those lines. It may not yeah. have been that, that exact wording, but yeah. Do people still do that? You still have to ask the father? Well, I've been married, uh, how long have I been married now? Seven and a half years almost. Yeah. So it's been a while, but I did ask both of you my did. in-laws, actually. I went over to their house. We had a nice conversation. Was yeah. it awkward? No. Not did for you, not did for you, me because I get along well with them. I've known them since I was eleven. So it's a little, it's a little easier. Did you call them and say I need to come over and ask you something, or did you just show up? Oh no, I alerted them that yeah, we had to arrange for the 
for the meeting and make sure that my now wife wasn't tipped off about it. So yeah, it was and a little, co you know, covert op. Al, both yeah. times that you got engaged the same <laughs> way, did, did, you, uh, did you ask? You know, I don't even remember. Uh, hmm. That second time would have been awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I think both uh, of mine were panic moves so i'm gonna you, you say <laughs> i'm gonna say that dad i did that probably didn't have time to do such a thing uh, hmm. i also thought at the time like that was an old-fashioned thing and people didn't do that anymore evidently they maybe did. some don't i mean maybe it depends on the relationship you have with your future in-laws i don't know yeah i don't know yeah that's gotta be uh, a strange one whether mm -hmm. if you don't do it and you were supposed to by the way i could have very easily pulled a uh daryl bevel myself not about oh, yeah? family members of mine, not that I have a daughter who's having her hand asked for in marriage, but I, I am privy to some inside information that I, without paying attention, could have let slip. Really? That would have been uh, notable to our listeners, but I'll just sit on that. So you have, you wait a minute, you have scuttlebutt, as we say here yeah, on a little, the morning show? Yeah, a little show? scuttlebutt, and I'll leave it at that. You do? Yeah, not about, uh, not about a morning show member. But about uh, someone at the radio yeah, station? Perhaps. Is it what type oh, of scuttlebutt see, I can't, is it? I can't, no, no, can't no. I'm just saying, one. is it work related or something in their personal? Oh no, personal, personal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The Monzos are impregnant again, are they? <laughs> Not that I'm aware of, but usually a good bet. <laughs> that really wouldn't be news at this <laughs> no. point, because you know, Al. Usually this time of year, when their holiday card goes out, it's you yeah. know the pictures from the year. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. This year was a great year, and coming in April of whatever the next year is, you know, our latest edition. <laughs> they like More to work babies. that into the holiday. They card. almost have a football team. Oh, it's, you mentioned the Amazon vans that you see driving around. Yes. That's literally what they drive. They, I think they have a <laughs> Ford Transit. I'm not joking. Yeah, I know. I remember Monzo saying they got yeah. a big family, uh, the family truckster. What do you make of this uh, Marshawn Lynch revealing that uh, before games in the um, locker room, he would take a shot or, quote, shot and a half of Hennessy? I would say it's very on brand, and it yeah. certainly explains Marshawn Lynch a little bit more, I, I would say. Yeah. Do you think, though, a shot, at, one shot of Hennessy, Marshawn Lynch is a big fella. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's impacting him too much. Maybe it, you know, settled the nerves a little bit or something. Didn't like seem to a, impact his performance at all. Like if a kicker took a shot at Hennessy, then ran out there, probably uh, would bother him. He's you know a, the kickers are slim. Yeah, thin. maybe half a shot would have been better for them. Again, our set, idiot settle kicker, the nerves. Our idiot kicker got liquored up. <laughs> was that Mike Vanderjack who was the idiot kicker? Kicker that got liquored up. Who got all liquored up with Peyton Manning? It was screaming about that him. That sounds right. Our idiot kicker. Eddie's telling me we have to break. Oh, uh, right. on the other side, CeeLo, Let me see what else I got. Oh, I got to get to that boxing thing. Mm. Fake boxing, though, not like real heavyweight boxing. Fun stuff there. Uh, oh, NFL schedule. We'll go break that down for you. And uh, someone took a swing at Mike Tyson, a regular dude. I thought that was the boxing thing. No. Oh, there's, there's multiple, two boxing. Wow. Okay. Multiple boxing. Uh, on the other side, Eddie Scary, Scary, Eddie Scary, take it away. Alan Jerry, because you can't get enough sports with the other 23 hours in the day. Well, we still never fixed that one. I don't know what that means. Do you know what that means, Sula? I don't know. But I think I actually it was, was a, the rub. I think it was a mistake. It was supposed to be <laughs> because you can get enough sports in the other 23 hours in the day. It's a mistake. We just continue to play it. Yeah, we just sure. just right. We keep forgetting. Like right now, I remember. Right now, I remember to get rid of it. As soon as the show's over, I'll forget, and then I'll hear it again when it comes back around, and I'll remember again. I'll be like, hmm. Didn't you write it, though? <laughs> I did write it, but but either I wrote it wrong or he read it wrong. 
Mm. You know what I'm saying? The you production want- guy. Super Z! Super Z! You want to assign blame on that? You're going to point yeah, the finger at yourself or at Super Z? Uh, it's early. He's probably not up. Super Z's fault. <laughs> probably his fault. Uh, okay, here's some random Fugazi boxing stories. Now, this is how you know boxing is not really a real sport anymore when the only <laughs> stories involve kind of like weird boxing. Hijinks. Hijinks, like Jake Paul, the YouTube uh, dude who beat up Nate Robinson the other night. Right. Now he wants to fight Conor McGregor, and he says he's in talks, that they're in talks there. And d- didn't McGregor just agree to another fight, and is that MMA maybe, not boxing? I MMA can't keep style? Up with him. He, I know. He retires, he unretires. I mean, this is he just retired like a month and a half ago, and now he's got another fight. I, I just don't, I can't. But- but people would be interested in Jake Paul versus Conor McGregor. I understand people would be interested. I just don't get the, I'm in, I'm out, I'm, I'm yeah. fighting, I'm not, I'm arrested, I'm doing this. I'm, I mean, he's just all over the map. Very entertaining. Conor Mag- McGregor now is just fighting dudes no one cares about if he if he fights again. Like, we need him to fight Jake Paul now, but who's the he, new but that's latest what I mean. I, boxing. I feel like, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, and, no. I, and I agree with you. I hear what you're saying, but yeah. I thought that... I, I must. Have, I hear you typing away. What are you? I must Googling? have dreamt it that I thought McGregor <laughs> just agreed to. I understand boxing, MMA. It's it's completely different. You're and right. He's done he, a little bit of both. In another fight or yeah. is in serious talks. To, serious talks. Okay, so maybe not finalized. Not official, yet, official. But, but yeah, again, yeah. like who cares? Go, yeah. go away. Go away unless you're going to fight a YouTuber. That's okay. what I say. Then sure. I'm interested. That sounds good. Jake Paul. The new boxing sensation. And then after that uh, the Tyson-Roy Jones Jr. fight, after the fight when Tyson was leaving the arena, he stopped to sign some autographs for people. And some dude, this according to TMZ, yelled out to Mike uh, that he w- wanted to fight Mike oh, Tyson. Yeah. And Mike Tyson jokingly said back to him, that, that probably will not end well for you. <laughs> then the guy came up and took a swing at him. Oh, my God. And then Mike Tyson's security got involved, of course. <laughs> then police got called, but by that time, everyone had dispersed. Guy had a death wish, I guess. Well, they say uh, the Mike Tyson's uh, camp says that this dude has shown up before a place is looking to fight Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I would say one of the most, uh, one of the coolest radio experiences for me, and I think maybe Eddie feels this way too, was one time Mike Tyson showed up uh, early for a Boomer and Carton show, and he showed up by himself. He did not come with anybody. And he stayed in the room and just hung out with me and Eddie for about an hour before he went on, maybe a half hour to an hour. And uh, he was very pleasant, but there was this air in the room that if he wanted to kill both of us, <laughs> <laughs> probably on the same punch, yeah, he could have got us. But uh, he was very pleasant. We, we were chatting yeah. with him about everything. Right. And, and it was like, I remember feeling a little sad, like this poor guy yeah. is you know been taken advantage of had a rough upbringing yes stole his money i mean listen he's made mistakes whatever but it was just i I remember feeling like sad for him in a way because he was childlike in a lot of ways and it was a little little eye-opening for us yeah and then my favorite part which i've revealed many times he uh he had had headphones on when he came in and i asked him what he was listening to and he said shania twain that's amazing which is tremendous that is, that, I mean, that you, you're not going to have a better story than that. That's right up there. That is Looks great. like. The other thing Eddie and I used to enjoy about the guests in studio was uh, we used to like when a uh, supermodel, like a, either a Victoria's Secret model or a Sports <laughs> Illustrated swimsuit model, would come in and treat us like a, like people. Like they were nice to Eddie and I, even though we were not like sexy men. 
Oh, so you think your thought was that they would yeah, only like, treat sexy men nicely? Yeah, like they would. Sometimes they'd come in with an air of arrogance about them. There were a handful of them that came in and were very pleasant to Eddie and I. That's, I mean, that's good to hear. But don't you think, knowing what we know about the human race, that mm-hmm. chances are they probably weren't treated all that nice by the sexy men? Ever perhaps, think of that? perhaps, perhaps. But sometimes there's just an air of aloofness with yep beautiful women. Sure. Who obviously, whenever they meet, you know, ninety nine percent of men. Men are just ogling them and yeah. drooling the whole thing. And uh, it was a very, not that Al and I weren't noticing their beauty, but mm, it was right. a very pleasant, nice experience that yeah. to be just talked to. Human experience. Yeah, yeah we just like just people. And, we treated uh, them like they were in beautiful women. It, it, well, yeah, oh, right, because okay. we're so smooth, you and I, Al. <laughs> um, and it was Derek Jeter's gal. The one time. Oh yeah, Derek Jeter's gal. And she then was there one. Was, uh, that very Hannah tr- Davis. Hannah Davis. Yep. And then there was um, there was the one swimsuit model who was uh, did some time with the Israeli military. She was really cool. Ooh. Kate um, Bach. Perhaps I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, then, Kate Bach was one who was very nice to us, and she ended up dating uh, that dude on the Cavaliers, uh, Kevin Long. Dude, Kevin Love. Kevin Love. Kevin and then I forgive me, I don't remember her name, but the uh that uh redheaded uh wrestler gal. Oh yes. In. The man. Yeah. Oh, I think I was here that day and you yep. had me do she something nice. with her where you uh or I took a picture of you guys or something. We videoed something where you put your that, that headgear on. Al, I'm I'm butchering this because I know yeah, nothing no, about that, wrestling. We, it was not that was not with the wrestling gal. Oh, okay. And and then uh, Candace Swainpool, <laughs> another supermodel, very pleasant to us. All right over my head. I admittedly, I, I these are names that do mm-hmm. not ring a bell. Well, because you're not involved in the supermodel Which, industry yeah. like Eddie Scazzari and I. I right? don't know what that says about me, but uh, yeah. Yeah. and I think at least three of those know entourage by themselves, which is also yes. shocking. Huh. Yep. And the one, the, the person that had the biggest line of people to take photos, Hulk Hogan. Not even close. Uh, well, Not when you say the biggest line, you mean in the building here, right? In the building. Well, that doesn't shock me. You got the wrestling they nerds lined are, up. It's it's almost like it's hard to get a job brother. here if you're not into pro wrestling. Right. Gosh. Listen to me, brother. But it wasn't the usual suspects. It was like people no. from other stations and salespeople. Mm-hmm. Crazy. They lined up. Mm. It's amazing how the word always gets out. And he was so pleasant and gracious, right, Al? Very pleasant and gracious. Another one. Good job, Running wild. By the way, Al, just to Mm -hmm. further my point on McGregor, he has officially signed to face, and I'm going to butcher this name, Dustin Poirier in a rematch of their 2014 bout. UFC 257 coming up January 23rd. So he's coming out of retirement to fight in basically, you know, a month and a half. All right. For the third time. I hope he's ready for the YouTuber. Yeah. Uh, quickly on Twitter, uh, Chris Lowe says uh, he didn't ask his in-laws for their daughter's hand in marriage, and they hated him for two years. <laughs> he says now they get along great, but it was very awkward for a while. That's the price you pay. Statute of limitations, two years, and then you're out of the out of the doghouse. Uh, Wayne Matichuk has reached out and sent me a link to purchase a rechargeable toilet bowl nightlight which it goes in the toilet bowl and it turns uh, blue when you, I guess it senses someone's in the room, which is good. That's a good invention. I like that. Yeah, that's a nice one. Uh, the guy who only calls himself sports guy says, do not squat to pee, Al. You're a man, which I agree with. Yeah, I do as well. I'm not going to do that. I am a you man. You might as well just sit down at that point. I'm a man. Like Eddie said. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm a man. I'm 51. 
How old is Mike Gundy? These he's got to be in his <laughs> he's, be no, he is. ten years ago now at least. Fifty one, right? or he might be your age, right? Alan? I think he's a year older than me. I think he's fifty two. I think that was twelve years ago. I wonder if he's oh god, I'm a man. Ago. I'm forty. Do we think he's any more a man now? Uh yeah. When you another ten years, or twelve well, years of being a number, man, but. Maybe not so yes. much by the, his some of his uh, shenanigans he's been involved <laughs> with there, Oklahoma State. Uh, I prefer the mullet years for him. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's ditched he's the still, mullet. No, he still he's still got, oh, he's got it, the, right? the mullet yeah. years are now. Again, not to keep repeating, very on brand for him. That's fitting. I'm not a big mullet fan. That's yeah. a guy that I say, you know what? He belongs with a mullet. And if I may, uh, one more from Twitter from Matt Metz, who uh, listens quite a bit. Quote, she ended up dating that dude from the Cavaliers, Kevin Long. Kevin Long, <laughs> one of the greats. By the way, and this just goes to show you how things work in Al's brain. They're not quite categorized correctly. Yeah. Kevin Long was the longtime Yankee and yes. then later Met hitting coach. So I do remember why, that. That's why that was in your head. Yeah. yeah. It's funny. So uh, Gina listens to sports radio a lot and, really? has, and has for a long time now, ever since I started working here. Like I would get in her car and uh, Mike Francesa would be on. Like she would just listen. So she's aware of things, but doesn't know. Ever since you started working here, but you guys, your relationship doesn't span that long. Oh, no. Five years ago when we started, okay. when we got in a relationship. But before you were dating, she was listening? Or no, no, she okay. didn't even know got what it, it was. Got it. She did not know what it was, Good. but she, she has it on. And so she knows things, but doesn't. Like she's aware of names and things. Like she said to me, though, it was a couple weeks ago now. She goes, "Oh, I heard someone on the Mets died." She goes, oh, no. "But it, but it wasn't Mookie Betts." <laughs> I said, "Okay." I go, "Well, Mookie Betts was never on the Mets, and Mookie Wilson didn't die. I definitely would have heard that. It was some dude from like the '69 Mets." I thought you were going to tell me she was talking about Seaver. No. Okay. But this is what I mean. Like, she, and she'll say to me, she'll go, "Uh." I know Cam Newton is somebody, but who does he play for? See, this so is perfect for you, Al, because now you can come across as the real knowledgeable <laughs> yeah. sports guy with her and show off and impress I, her with your knowledge. I am the sports knowledgeable one. So when you say Kevin Long and you really mean Kevin Love, she has no yeah. idea, and it works. I had Kevin Love's face in my brain when I said it. I but that's what I, I understand. That's what you. I, I you're my. I yeah. know how your mind is operating. You just need that assistance to help you put all the pieces together correctly. Gotcha. Yeah. Let's take a quick break here. I believe Amy Lawrence has a sports minute, CeeLo. What's that about? She does, and it's on all these wild NFL schedule changes we've been dealing with this week. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry, the superheroes of WFAN. All right, this is a very quick, CeeLo. We don't have a lot of time here. You know, I know uh, Boomer and Geo love to say like a game is like a revenge game, or it's, they like when a game has a title. Sure. Ron Ron Rivera has said the next three Washington football team games are measuring stick. Yeah. Games. What's Can, wrong with that? Three in a row, measuring stick. One, one measuring stick, and then you got to call the other two something else. I like it. Little trio of games. They're right in the mix here. They're going to learn about what kind of team they are here these next three weeks. So you're all for three measuring stick games. Sure, why not? In a row. Yeah. At See Pittsburgh, what we're made of. at San Francisco, in Glendale, Oof. home Seattle. That's three tough games mm. right there. <laughs> I see 0 and 3. Well, that's probably why he's calling it measuring stick Measuring games. stick. See three what they're going to measure up against these good teams. Got three sports me- stuff oh. you want to talk about? Then do it right here with Boomer and Geo. 